If you're an Android user and you need not a deadly friend, but a mobile friend to help you listen to your podcasts, check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. It's got thousands of good reviews, so you don't have to take our word for it. But if you want to take our word for it, we think it's great. Check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store and see if it's the right new podcast app for your podcasts. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows that if you mess around with robots, you might get turned into pudding, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And yeah, I mean, although I did, I have to say, in like fourth grade, I did go to a BattleBots competition. Did you really? Yeah, it was part of Deep. Like you made a robot? No, 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 no. It was like we were sort of learning robots. We were learning base level robotics. Like we had an arm in. The, I remember in our the arm. I remember the arm. Yeah, it was like very like it, it could go out and back, up and down, and it could grab things and let them go. So you could program and swivel, and so you could program very simple things into it, and like tangentially learn how to you know program a robot. I yes. couldn't tell you anything about anything about that. And so we d- took a field trip. I think it was to like Drexel University had some kind of BattleBot situation, um, like a local or like their college club did BattleBots, and we got yeah, to see yeah, it. yeah. That's cool. I don't think we got to do that, but I do remember distinctly. Well, I feel like by the time I feel like BattleBots lived and died, like Mayflied in the time that I was in elementary school. I mean, that seems fair. It definitely does. I loved that show back in the day. Oh yeah. And then they sold toys. They did, indeed. Well, we're talking about r- robots that were almost as deadly today, because we're talking about the Wes Craven film Deadly Friend, and we're doing that because it's a suggestion from listener Anitra. So let's hear it from them. Hey, this is Anitra. I am leaving a movie suggestion for Deadly Friend. Um, it came out I can't remember, sometime in the 80s, and it's my favorite cheesy 80s horror movie. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for calling it in, and uh, if you've got one that you are sad we missed, well, we'll do this again next year. We really like Listener Request Month, and it'll be back for sure. It's fun. Thank you so much for calling that in and uh, supporting the show. We watch Deadly Friend, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your bullshit studio notes. Something's got better about your bullshit studio notes. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. So I'm so glad that you said that because that's the first thing I want to talk about because it makes me mad because it does. This movie could have been fun. So I was watching this movie, never seen it before. I don't think I even watched a trailer. I think I was like, I'm just going in naked. It's Wes Craven. I saw the poster on Wikipedia just because I usually like check to see if I know any stars or like check the runtime. And the poster says. From the director of Nightmare on Elm Street comes his most terrifying creation, is the yeah. poster for this movie. Right. So, that's a... And boy, is that a radical interpretation of the text. Right. Well, okay. So, for the first, like, 45 minutes to an hour, this movie, I think, was largely free of the studio stuff. 
Very. I I, I, re- I looked into it. So yes, that is true. Okay. So because I'm I'm like really enjoying this movie. I like I I'm liking it. I'm like picking up what it's putting down. It's a weird direction for Wes Craven, especially as the direct follow up to Nightmare on Elm Street. But I'm enjoying it. It's it's got some fun stuff. It is like very cheesy in the way that I like. And then I start looking up. I had to look up some specific piece of information, and in doing so, I learned about the studio notes. And at that point, I was like, oh, all the stuff I was making fun of him for was stuff he made the studio, like, just forced him to do. And then mm-hmm. I just was sad for the last half hour of the movie. So that's that's a advice for everyone out there is never Wikipedia the movie while you're watching it. Yeah, it just bums me out because the movie that he was making in the beginning was enjoyable. Is it groundbreaking and amazing and perfect? No, whatever. But, like, a macabre love story that's, like, teenage aimed at teenagers but like kind of tells talks about how adults are actual monsters in disguise like that's kind of cool and then the studio was like oh wait wes craven of nightmare on elm street hold up you need to put nightmare sequences in here and blow up some heads i'm totally with you in that i don't think this is like a groundbreaking movie by any stretch of the imagination it's not like you know wes craven was was completely reinventing the wheel here. No. But it does suck that it took until 1999 for him to get a shot to make a truly non-horror movie when he got to make Music of the Heart about violin teachers with Meryl Streep and Angela Bassett. Which I didn't know that movie existed, but when you describe it that way, I, th- I mean, Wes Craven directing Angela Bassett and Meryl Streep as violin teachers, I yeah. would check that out. I, from all accounts, it's very boring. It's very, it's, I mean, it sounds very middling. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, all of the technique... I mean, at that point, he's... Kels of Eyes is, like, 72. So you're talking about, like, nearly a 30-year career that he's been making movies. All the tricks he's learned are in the context of horror, maybe horror plus sci-fi. So it's not like there's going to be, like, cool tracking shots in the violin teacher. There's no no shot where the violin presses out of the case, the closed Uh case, and swirls around and goes back in. Right, exactly. Or Meryl like, Streep doesn't a take a bath sequence. and a violin pops out of the water. <laughs> I'm picturing the bow coming <laughs> the up bow. out of the water and it's like sawing and it's like sawing in time to the score. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, there's none of that. There's just no, there's no part where like she's on the phone and like the violin bow comes out of the <laughs> receiver and, and plays her lips. Right, exactly. Like, uh, although, I mean, Meryl could pull it off, I'm sure. Um, also, some of those gags are definitely in Freddy Krueger movies that he did not direct, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. No, actually. The water... The hand the hand water is definitely in the original And so movie, is the tongue. Is, the, is this a receiver? Okay. Yeah, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we've seen a bunch of them for the podcast, and I just don't remember. Um, I was picturing a pizza with just, like, tiny violins <laughs> okay. on it that are all playing themselves. That's definitely not the first one. <laughs> Um, that's apparently my violin music. Anyway, it is a huge bummer that he didn't get to make it. But I will say, like, this movie is wild in that the first, like, 45... And I think the studio notes are really in the back third of they this, are. give that's or take. Right, according to my research from Wikipedia and IMDb, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, even beyond the studio notes, he basically made two episodes of The Twilight Zone and stuck them together, which he actually was directing a lot of at Yeah, the that's time. why. The, so, the that was the 80s, part of uh, him. His pro- he was, like, also doing that and working on Nightmare 3. So, he was like, yeah. I thought I had a break from, <laughs> I thought I could make my, yeah, my yeah. weird romance movie. 
Yeah, I wanted the movie where the boy and the robot fall in love. It's like Frankenstein's monster or something. Uh, but obviously, that's that's not what we get here. But we'll we'll jump into it and cover a bunch of stuff as we go. But we jump right into it with this movie in a way that is unlike almost anything I've ever seen. I truly thought the, that I had accidentally started playing from the middle somehow. And we joke about that all the time. But this truly was like, I was like, all right, if a title screen doesn't come up soon, I'm confused. Yeah, it's very bizarre. This guy's breaking into a truck and immediately this robot hand shoots up and starts choking him and then uh, kind of pushes him backward away from the truck. So, you know, we are not screwing around here. And then it's we see a mom and a teenager coming out of this like gas station convenience store. At first glance, I did not know it was mom and teenager. I thought it was two lab like two lab people. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's the it's the 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 boy and girl lab technicians. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but then we get the title treatment, and it is a very cool title it's card nice for this spot. movie. One, yeah, it's it's very good looking. Um, and we get we cut to this beautiful neighborhood, and uh, there's a boy on a bicycle delivering the paper, uh, and he takes the worst pratfall. Well, the second worst pratfall in cinema history, because the first one is later in this very movie. Yes. And we will it's, get there. It's as intense as Carrie. When that when she ma- when she telekineses that kid off his bike, but it's it's a very bad looking fall. Oh, it yeah. looks like me. It looks like the videos my friends and I made when Jackass was popular, where we wanted to do Jackass stunts but also not hurt ourselves. So like my friend tied a rope around his bike, and I was on my rollerblades, and we rode down the street, and then I hit someone's bag of lawn clippings and took a header into them, which is like basically an actual crash pad for a yes. stunt. Like, very safe and controlled. Um, but I, I do like, this is perhaps the only cinematic depiction, uh, certainly the only one I've ever seen, uh, of someone delivering an evening paper, which is a very special uh Yeah, I piece forgot of evening papers were a thing. Yeah, they basically uh, two editions of a paper in the era when you needed to update people on the news from the morning. There are a lot of cities that have two competing papers. One would be like, the mayor did this, and then people would react to it. And then the second paper would be like, people's reaction to the mayor's thing. So it was sort of predating so like, the current news. So coverage. the paper A would come out at like 5 o'clock and paper B would come out at like 7 o'clock so that they could like... It was probably 12 hours, I would guess. It would probably be five and five. But yeah, like they would have a different, they would have to come up with a different angle on the story of the mayor. It wasn't the same paper. It was different people in different papers. But yeah, they'd have a different angle on whatever happened at the city council meeting the night before. Hmm. It's also like that. That's This is also the time when the news just stopped. Channels just stopped. Right. At exactly. like 11 o'clock. Uh, so this guy who took the big header off the bike, his name's Tom. He's talking with Paul, who's the protagonist of this movie. Uh, and we go off to school. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are introduced to BB. He rolls out well, of the car. Oh, that's true. The, the robot does he's come out before thick. they go to school. He is. T-H-I-C-C. Yeah. He's thick. A- He's a, he's a big robot. Also, I have zero doubt in my mind that the BB-8 is named because some person involved at some level of production on some part of the Star War was like, oh, I love this robot, and it's also a round robot. I mean, he's kind of right. It's sort of like... Um, if he shrunk his head in turtle style, I think he'd be very ball-shaped. BB. No, BB's body is like built like Wally. But it's rounded. The, the head... So basically, it's like you took Wally... This as a body, and then that robot thing from Flubber, 
that yellow floaty thing oh, from Flubber. Oh, yeah, the floaty little gizmo. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah, what it's called. I had it. I had the toy, but I couldn't yeah, tell you what it was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had that toy. Yeah. Um, Similar color scheme, that's actually. What, yeah, it's, it's that head yeah, yeah. as a head. Uh, also, I thought... I assumed that the voice was um, Howie Mandel because it sounded like Stripe. He sounds... Mm-hmm. BB sounds just like Stripe. It doesn't... It's not like robotic voice. It's like... Hey, yeah, I have a lot hey, of issues. He sounds like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. It, which is... Which is Stripe. <laughs> but yes. the voice actor is Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But it's like, why is the robot talking like... Yeah, I, it's like, this is a robot. It needs a robot voice. I would... So would you rather it be like robotic voice or just like r2d2 beeps no i want a i want the kid to have done robot voice but it's like it's this is my this is my perfect one it's the kid recorded himself saying a bunch of stuff and the robot has a select list of phrases and so it's his voice but it's robot oh that's kind of cool the other like i will not help you with the dishes mother the other that's what the other one i think i wouldn't mind is if he like took a hundred cassette tapes of like children's books and and songs and so Mm -hmm. all of the audio was just like the robot was like clipping and cutting so it would be like it would be like red riding hood's version of like mother you're you're describing bumblebee the transformer wait really Yes, that is Bumblebee. That's how he talks. He uses clips of songs. I thought Bumblebee was Liam Neeson. No, that's uh, Optimus Prime. Oh, oops. Bumble Bumblebee's voice thing is broken, and so he only communicates with like audio from songs. Oh. But it is essentially what you're describing, and that it would be like they could put a bunch of cassette tapes yeah. in there in the film Bumblebee, or in all. I did, well, I didn't Bumblebee. know if the, I. Again, I'm not a Transformers guy because In- including the I Transformers movie that we did on this podcast. Wait, what? <laughs> Bumblebee that we did on this podcast. We did a Transformers thing for the podcast. I don't remember him having to talk through a CD player on the episode. He he doesn't. Well, it wouldn't have been a CD player, but he t- he doesn't speak like the other Transformers because his voice box is busted. So he uses songs. Oh, I don't remember that. Weird. Yeah. I'm sure I'm wrong, and now I'm, I'm like I'm sure that that part is wrong. It, in the new Transformer universe, that is how he speaks. But I am guaranteed. I'm tweet. I feel the tweets coming. I feel them weeks in advance. There's a great disturbance in the tweets where someone's like, "Um, actually, Bumblebee in the original series didn't talk." I I mean this in the nicest way possible. I can't care. I do. I do not care. I am sorry that I got it wrong. And I am glad that you will fix it if it is needs to be fixed. But I will just tell you that I, I truly, and I mean this nicely, just don't care. I don't care about Michael Bay. <laughs> no, but in the Michael Bay verse, including that Bumblebee, which I watched when we were on the boat and I was sick. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard that yeah, was I half spent our entire. T- it is very watchable. Of all the movies that I sat through while I was having just horrible nausea all the time, uh... Uh, and panic attacks. Uh, Bumblebee was among the highlights. I drank anyway, to get over my panic attacks. <laughs> yeah, I tried to do that, but it was like at a certain point, I just, this is horrible. I'm drinking triple vodka tonics. Um, also, uh, Paul has braces and it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
eventually we go off to school here and everyone is like legitimately impressed by this dorkosaurus and his robot and i was like what school and what universe it's have university. we entered here is it though he's a teen i guess so this is a problem i have with this movie he's definitely a teenager yes, but he's working he's like at the university because he the kid says oh are you in 10th grade and he says no i'm at it's a real university i think Okay, I missed the university that he names. I knew that he was working at the university. Yeah, so he's... And I knew that it was a college classroom when he presented the robot, but I just couldn't figure out what the deal was with the kids. No, because... it's a real genius situation. Okay. But for... So is Christy Swanson in college? No, she she's in high school? school. She and Tom... Okay, that's Christy what I thought. and Tom right. are... Sam and Tom are in high school, and Paul yeah. is... It's driving me nuts, but he, he says a real university. Okay. Anyway... He, everyone's very impressed by his robot. And then um, we see Christy Swanson and immediately we got a mystery bruise. And it's like, oh, 100% this is an alcoholic abuse. Well, you kind situation. of hear something. When they first move in, you kind of like the dad is shouting. The next door dad is shouting and he says, like, where did that bitch hide my bottle? And so, like, you don't know who lives in that house. And then you see the bruise right, and you're like, right. okay, well yeah yeah and then the 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 dad pops out and it's like i wasn't sure about i knew abusive i was guessing on alcoholic and when you see this guy i'm like oh a double i got them both ding 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 yeah. she's a real bev marsh in what, oh yeah 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 yeah, for sure uh from it. yes without yeah, the sexual yeah, yeah. abuse i uh, think it's kind of implied in the dream sequence yeah it's implied it, thank blessedly it is not confirmed but right but it is very very hinted at um, but Paul is completely oblivious to this. Thankfully, I will say, women never get a lot to do in the movies we cover. That's established on this show. Uh, Paul's mom, very attentive, immediately knows the score with Christy Swanson uh-huh. and is like, how can I get you out of here? How can I fix this? How can I get involved? Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was awesome. Like, it was so cool to see her have some agency. Well, I almost wanted it to be that, like, she's lived through that already. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted mom backstory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, I. it would have been... To- Honestly, it might exist in the version of this movie. The novelization of... Yeah, exactly. The novelization of Deadly Friend. So the novel is actually just called Friend. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, it's a bad name for a book. Like, Especially very, a book like, about I, this. I know SEO wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, that's just not going to work. Um. Also... So it's weird because the the first 45 is like on par with Short Circuit. Very like much maybe so. a little more geared for teenagers than Short Circuit, but yeah. like it's a little more edgy and a little less stupid. Yes. But it is the same exact thing. Yeah. And so but like then there's little hints of weirdness because like BB starts freaking out because he needs to plug in. And he launches a piano across the room to get to an outlet. Yes. And I was like, oh, are we supposed to be yeah. scared of BB? Because I'm a little scared of BB. Right. Yeah, he has a very cute face, but I'm a little bit alarmed. We also get, so I was just saying nice things about how this movie treats women, and this immediately un- cuts the legs out of it. But the next, the conversation that happens after oh. uh, this whole thing with Clues Paul is Tom and Paul, and uh, Paul goes to Tom, the, the, the boy with the bike route, and he's like, what do you do when you're done your route? Do you have a girlfriend? 
And then the follow-up question is immediately, what do you know about Sam? And the only thing that uh, Tom knows about Sam is that she's got great tits. And then they both are like, ah, 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 It's ah. such like, a bummer. Oh, wow. This is the best we got. I was like, come, come on, guys. Like, is nothing else? Nothing? I guess, so, like, I, I, frankly, in this kind of movie, the other option would be, like, oh, her dad beats her. You know what yeah, I mean? I guess that's... Well, I don't know. It could be, like, she and I play basketball no, together. obviously, it should be something like, oh, <laughs> she she used to be on the debate team or whatever before her mom died. I, but, like, in this kind honestly, of movie, the two options are, like, something about her boobs or, like, oh, her dad beats her. I, I honestly would have settled for, I don't know, but she's so hot. You know what okay, I mean? Yeah, that's true. That... It's just, it's just like be ten percent less lecherous, please, Tom, yes. please. Especially because later you're the good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Paul walks like John Wayne. Yes, he really <laughs> I was super like, duper did does. You break your hips. Yeah, it's like I think like the John Wayne walk. I always think of as like he just spent so much time on horses that his hips got stuck yeah. that way. Like like you know how your mom like the metaphorical you the mom would be around like oh if you keep doing that your face is gonna stick that way. I think John Wayne's mom was like you you know Pilgrim if you keep riding the horse <laughs> like that your hips are gonna stick that way. And he was like well I'll be and that was the it's, end of or it. Or I was gonna say it's like when you when they sell an action figure with a horse and that yes, action figure yes, yes, is yes. built to ride the plastic horse. Or a motorcycle. Yeah, and you're like, that's he doesn't fit with any of the rest of my action figures because his <laughs> legs are like that. <laughs> you try to make him stand next to the other guys and it's just like, well, he's four inches shorter for some reason. Didn't you leave an action figure next to the fireplace once and his legs got stuck? Yes. His legs did the opposite. They got s- they got stuck real close together. I feel like it was La- a... Um, last action hero. Last action hero? Okay, yeah. I don't remember who from that movie, but yeah, it's definitely... I definitely remember... I think it might have even been the kid. I think so. I think it was the kid. But he... His little legs got a little stuck to together. together. Yeah. They didn't melt No, together. they just... They just, like, permanently were too close together. He was sort of like a sky dancer, how they're always, like, their legs are completely uh-huh. together. Sort of like uh, the ballet position where you put your heels together, but your toes in a yeah, knee. Which I think is yeah. second. No. In in hindsight, dropping him into a thing of like pretty warm water probably <laughs> would have fixed that issue. Problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but forever he had a, a sort of duck. Is that a pi- pigeon toe? Is it pigeon kind toe? Of. Duck walk? I, I forget which one of it's it is. It's kind of pigeon toed. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I love the idea that this kid has ridden so many, has ridden his bike so much that he's got But it's not even Tom, hips. like, if it was Tom the paperboy, I would be like, sure, whatever, but it's Paul. It's Paul the nerdlinger. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know why. And also, I really sincerely hope this person does not have some sort of oh. actual malady that we're clowning on, so just, I want to be clear, we're talking about the fictional Paul. I didn't see anything on his wiki. Who may or may not have a disease. <laughs> okay. But I was just saying, our comments are about the fictional Paul, yes. not the real person. And fictional Paul definitely is, does not have any hidden no. dysplasia or whatever. Uh, but you know what he does have? Mama Fratelli as a neighbor. Yeah, the great Anne Ramsey. Has she, I'm trying to think if I know her, if I've seen her in anything other than The Goonies. 
Oh, you definitely have. Uh, also, she founded the Theater of Living Arts in Philadelphia, which we talked about last time we talked about Oh, yeah, about yeah, her. yeah. She's but, rad. But that's just a cool, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. I, I love her. I think she's a fabulous performer. Always excited to see her pop up. Uh, you Have you ever seen Throw Mama from the Train? Because she got nominated for the Oscar no. in that one. Okay. That's a possible stay tuned. That's uh, our pal Danny DeVito and... Um, Gotta love Danny. Uh, uh, what's his name? When Harry met Sally. Oh, Billy Crystal. Yeah. Mike Wazowski. Yeah, yes. Uh, she's also good in Scrooged. I actually don't think I've ever seen Scrooged. Well, that's another possible episode for sure. Yeah, she's in, she's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, the Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Did, you ever watch, did Mom ever put that on for you? She, I definitely watched that at least no. once because of Mom. The John Travolta, like, sick kid Mm-mm. movie. Is John Travolta uh, the sick anyway. kid? Yeah. Oh, God. He is, he is the aforementioned Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Anyway, uh, Anne Ramsey is the neighbor. She's definitely a little bit paranoid, uh, but also has just like an insane fence set up around her house. And here's what I don't get later. I think later, maybe we see it now, too. But the lock locks on the outside. Yes. So how does she get in and out? Well, I think, well, so it looks like that's the sort of front door. Like that's the main door entrance. So maybe she has like a garage. I guess. We don't see it, but it could be. No, we never see that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just kept thinking of like, is she like pulling the lock up and then doing a combo lock upside down? Because like I can do a combination lock. They're not that complicated, but upside down, I would definitely have to be like, okay, wait, it's clockwise, counterclockwise, clockwise. So now it's, and it would take like every time I would have to think about it. At that point, I'm like, just get a key, get a key lock. She's also so one dimensional in cardboard that. Oh, she only has like three scenes. But like, I, I mean, her as a character because her as a performer is amazing. But as a character, you know that she like because we don't really know what kind of movie this is yet. She's either gonna die, yeah, or she's gonna help the kids like do the car wash that helps them raise enough money to save the center. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. The the slobs v snobs movie. Yeah, because or she's because honestly, German for guy. the. F- yeah, no, exactly. For the first 45 minutes, there's literally no telling what this movie is going to no. be. Like, and I'm not saying no telling is in like, oh, it's a big twist. I'm saying you have no idea what this movie is about. Yeah, it's you're like, oh, this is like a, a, teen, ro- a teen romance of some kind. Right, right. With a robot for some unknown reason. That must get involved like later. Like Short Circuit. Right, right. Um, so now we're like walking along. It's, it's Sam, it's Tom and Paul and BB and a motorcycle gang rolls up with. Oh, there's the no Sam. It's most... just Tom and Paul and BB. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Uh, but this guy is channeling Kiefer in Lost yeah, Boys he is. so hard. Although I think it is technically before that. It is definitely Kiefer in Lost Boys energy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and. He, like, goes to harass BB, which, again, wouldn't be my first choice because this is, it looks, it's it's giant. Like, BB is at least five feet tall. Right. And it's, and it's huge. It's, it's the, like, it's the width. Four feet around. It's the width of, like, one of a, tra- of a, one of those trash cans when every development has the same trash, every house in the development has the same trash can. Yeah. I mean, if you, okay, how about, how about this? If V, if BB was a water, a vessel full of water, he's holding 150 gallons easily. Oh yeah. He is, he, easily. he is the, the, he is the empty container you fill with water to make sure your road work sign doesn't blow over. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. He's he is about the size of those things that like you see on the side of like highway construction mm-hmm. barrels. He's gigantic. And this guy is immediately like, "Give me a can opener. I'm going to see what's underneath." And then someone just produces a can opener. Oh, I don't remember that. And BB grabs him by the bows. Yes. Like I I guess you still needed a can opener for some beer in this time, but the pop top had long been around. Oh, yeah. I don't know why a can opener is easily accessible. Yeah, I do love him grabbing him by the nuts here. And then uh Paul, who had been getting his ass kicked, is basically like, uh, well, if you don't stop, he's gonna pop your nuts like a grape. <laughs> Essentially. So he makes them all run away. He says it in nerd talk about like pressure per square yeah. inch and such, but he basically is like, I don't think you wanna mess like, with do my Do you robot. wanna get beat up? Right. So again, I'm like, are we supposed to be afraid of BB? That like BB Right. He was a little scary. See, that I got, like, protector friend. I was, like, cool with that But, one. again, because this is a Wes Craven movie, and it was billed as his no, most yeah, terrifying yeah, creation, yeah. I was like, are these... <laughs> I read the tagline, and so this whole 45 minutes of the movie, I'm like, what breadcrumbs am I supposed to be picking up? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't... So I hadn't done either of those things. I don't know what breadcrumbs I'm looking for. Yeah, all I could think of was, like, well, I guess at some point this is going to get scary. So uh, Sam comes over to welcome them to the neighborhood with a pack of cookies that was, I'm not, it was Nabisco because it had the red corner. It had the Nabisco. But it was a brand I had never seen before. They have a lot of defunct brands, uh, but they looked like not very, they looked more like crackers than cookies to me from the picture you can see on the box. Oh, I got, I got chocolate cookie of some kind. Oh, okay. Like a chocolate Lorna Dune. See, I was thinking more like a wheat biscuit of some type, but I was like digestive. Yeah, like like well, like a like a like a Triscuit E, but not a Triscuit. Okay, like something you would have with a cheese. That's fair. And I was just that's why I was like, listen, Christy Swanson, where are the cheesy nibbles? <laughs> where are the cheese slices? Yeah, I I need some nice sharp cheddar in in slice form, please and thank you. Yeah. So she. Literally, it's like, hey, here's some cookies. Welcome to the neighborhood. And he's like, let me show you my room. Oh, no, you can't skip over the best part of the whole movie. I'm sorry. I refuse to let this happen. She hands. This is how the scene goes. Uh, you're going to play uh, Christy Swanson. I the lines. And I'm, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to play Christy okay. Swanson. And I'm going to I'm going to play Paul. And you're going to be handing me the box of cookies. And your line is, I brought you some cookies. So uh, I'll, we'll, we'll take it from the top. And. Action. I brought you some cookies. Oh, I love these. That is how long the silence is in this movie. It is three entire seconds where he just looks at the box. I, I thought my the, the stream broke. I was like, oh, this must be. I reached for the remote. <laughs> he stops and stares at them for three entire seconds. He would have seconds. been given his line if this were a rehearsal. Absolutely, he would have been given his line. They're like, you love them. You love that. Just, just say anything. It's cookies. Jesus. We're on day 14. Let's go. And they don't know that they're going to have an extra 14 days of reshoots. Flabbergasted at the pause. Like just totally blown. It was as if he was at this point, I'm going, oh, is he a robot? And he doesn't know what these cookies are because that's how the great twist. I know. Like BB is the, is the gen one. He's gen two. And it turns out mom. That robot that, uh, that he is, Gen 1, and he's created, he, as a robot, he's created another robot 
to reach oh, the singularity yeah. and bring about Judgment Day. <laughs> there you go. This is in the T2 Steinet universe. Real. The T2 universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the end shot certainly the is. The T2 universe. Um, so it's it's very like cutesy. It's like it's like the Babysitters Club. It's wholesome. She he yes. is like she's like oh your room's like a science lab and he has pictures of well I would I was gonna say Bach but that's a musician. It's a picture of Einstein and another scientist in a poster form. And I was like, I, I get it that he's a nerd, but like, come on, movie. <laughs> he can also like Whitesnake. It's fine. He can like two or things. Or it could be like a car poster. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. He doesn't need a giant poster of, of Albert Einstein. I also love Christy Swanson being like, or he says to Christy Swanson, oh, you're the first girl I've ever had in my room. And she's like, I bet you say that to all the girls. Uh, counterpoint, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt he has said it to anyone except you, because look at him and the room you're in. Yeah, Christy, he is a bow-legged braces nerd face. So I'm going to guess you're the first lady. Yeah. So the doorbell they rings. Also, they make she- a point to show us the attic. And I was like, okay, yes. cool. I guess this is going to be a thing. Which... Which is weirdly accessible through his room and his room alone. Yeah, I, I also, oh, it always weirds me out in movies when it's permanent staircases to attics. Like, I don't know why. I think yeah. because we we grew up with like a pull down yeah, we always in the ceiling. Down. The idea of like permanent steps to an attic always weirds me out. It, they they have a sort of ominous uh They look. do. My girlfriend's. My girlfriend's mom has a permanent staircase to the attic, and uh, the first time I went there was around Christmas time, and we went to get a box out of the attic, and the door opened, and I was like, oh, this is a little creepy. And it was like, all attics are inherently kind of creepy, and basements often are too, but you're right, the the, the permanent steps do have a different vibe well, to them. Well, uh, the point. top of our attic was a, a coffin our father made for Halloween. A literal, a literal so thing. I was terrified of our attic for the longest time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, but while they're up in the room, the doorbell rings, and she's immediately like, "Oh shit, 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 shit!" And she's like running for the front door. She knows what's up, and it's her drunk ass dad who's like staggering, just standing on the doorstep. And she's she he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, I thought you were asleep." And I was like, "Passed out. You were passed <laughs> out drunk. That's that's this is we're all being nice here, but you were passed out drunk." And he's like. Tell these apologize to these nice people for bothering them, and the mom is quick to be like, "She wasn't bothering. It's just like two teenagers can hang out. It's cool." Meanwhile, he is just like covered in sweat, and his pupils are the size of saucers. He's gr- like gripping her arm, up. bruising her there in front of yes. everyone. Um. So cut to she's asleep, and he is leaning over her bed, all like wild eyed again. The acting in this movie is very good across the board, but like he is very good at being creepy. Yeah, no, this guy is a true predator monster dude and is very, very unsettling. But what happens next is straight out of Body Python, where she grabs this little vase that's like a super. I'm sure you all have seen something like like a bud vase, super skinny. Yeah, that's what they're called. But they're super skinny. They have like a slightly bulbous bottom, but they're for one flower usually. She grabs this thing, smashes it on the bedside table, jabs him in the chest with the tube, and then it turns into just a fountain a of blood screwing out of the tube. Yeah, he's like a yeah, he's a dispenser <laughs> at that point. She's tapped him like he's maple syrup. She turned him into a Capri Sun. <laughs> 
and then it's just spraying everywhere. Yeah, she stabbed through the Capri Sun in this case. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just like spraying everywhere. And at that point, I was like, oh, damn, like she killed her dad. This is going to be really interesting. I thought this was going to be cool. And then it was a cool. dream sequence. And I was like, yeah, I was like, damn it, Wes, we did that whole movie about dreams. You got to do more dreams. You also hate dream and, sequences and, like, in general. I do do not care for dreams unless it's obviously a dream sequence. Like I need, I need to be, I don't like when you try to trick me. (laughs) I don't like it. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. Like being tricked. Well, I just, I just from like, a so, okay, I'm going to ruin a movie that you've probably never seen in other people, a different movie. It's called a perfect getaway. Okay. That's fine. You can, it came out like 10 years ago. It has Steve's on and, uh, uh, Timothy Oliphant, I, and and actually uh, Thor is in it too for like a little bit. Oh. But I just recently rewatched it. I remember liking the movie, and I rewatched it. And uh, spoiler: the movie has a big twist. And then I'm sitting there going like, "All right, a bunch of stuff happened in this movie that like characters who were turned out to be the bad guys had conversations about like, oh, we got to be careful for the bad guys. That's that's horseshit. You can't do that. Like you're not. You cannot." Just have the characters have a conversation that no one else can hear for no reason. Yeah. Like, what would the point... Yeah, why would they have that conversation? So I was very mad watching the movie after the twist happened. And I felt... Uh, that's my general dream sequence. It's like how like, Batman in whatever the Dark Knight is with Catwoman, there's a moment where he's alone on a rooftop and he still talks in his yeah. Batman voice. And you're like, what right. for? Yeah, who is this? Who is benefiting here? No one. But that is how I feel about dream sequences. I'm like, just... Tell me it's a dream sequence. Like, obviously, at the point where she stabbed her dad, I was, like, pretty sure it was a dream sequence. But still, like, you know, people don't get turned into Capri Suns when you stab them that way. It's not how this works. I don't know. I feel like if you stab someone with a a, a spigot, like, it, like it's essentially I get, I, okay, a glass yeah, tube. Yeah, I guess if you... Yeah, it is a. It, she did. She did basically put uh, like a port into the band, but you'd have to hit him like directly in an artery. I feel. If only Mythbusters was still on the air, and I don't know how they would test it. <laughs> Dear Mythbusters, explain to me what would happen if I stabbed a human being in the chest with a broken glass tube. Or would like, they turn into a Capri Sun? <laughs> like a broken glass. Like if you smash a bottle and stab someone with it, but you're holding the neck, will the neck leak blood? I mean, it would leak in this movie. It's like a fucking super it's soaker. It's not a super soaker. It just pours <laughs> Absolute, out. Absolutely. It hits the wall. No, it hits her. Dad is kneeling on the bed and he's kind of wiggling. I, it, it shoots like six feet. I think he's, I think he's shimmying. <laughs> I don't, I mean, yes, he is shimmying, but I, it shoots very far. It's not like a little dribble. But it's like, this dream sequence ends, I'm like, oh, you're definitely watching a Wes Craven movie now. But this, and then I later learned, I'm like, what I thought was kind of like fun and funny turned out to be the downfall of this whole thing. Because audiences were like, that! We wanted that! And it's like, well, no, you just wanted another Freddy movie. He's not making that right now. <laughs> I was like, the Freddy one's coming. Nightmare 3 is coming. It's Dream Warriors, and it's a decent one. Um, but is 3 Dream Warriors? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, three is, 3 is Warriors, because 4 is Dream Master. Okay. Um, we did that one too. We did that one. Well, yeah, I read that there was one dream sequence in the movie. Just it's this. One. It's that. It was that one because yeah, there were yeah. a couple. So they saw that and they're like, "Well, you have to put more of those in." And what's great, Wes Craven is so good at what he does that even when he's like half-ass pooping out a dream sequence because the studio tells him to, it's creepy and good. 
The other one is just a Freddy thing. It is the one with it's the, a, the bed it's covers. a Freddy bit, but it's good yeah. and creepy. Yeah, like this is this was a, this was at least not a Freddy bit, which I did think was good. I argue that it could have been a Freddy bit. Can you not see Nancy stabbing Freddy if, and then him being like, if, "Oh, I think it would be the other way." I think Freddy would stab someone with a bottle and then they would turn into a super soaker. No, I think it's a, a fake out of like Nan- Nancy thinks she gets him. And, uh, and he's like, you want a drink? And he like pours, pours himself a glass and takes a sip. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're outside shooting some hoops. It's it's the boys and Sam and the robot. It's a real shoving and buddies they're, moment. They're all shooting. Oh, yeah. This is like the this is the clip that the, the edited for a television version would just this would be the whole movie <laughs> that for, for an hour and um, a half. Yeah, you could absolutely put the right music over this and make it the credits of a of a shoving buddies type sitcom where it's like like hey BB, you want to take a shot and he launches it to the freaking moon and they're all like BB and put their hands on their hips. Yeah. Yeah. But he he my little okay, brother's a all, robot. Thursdays on UPN. <laughs> I think it would be Lil Robot. Would be the would be the little, movie. Little Robbie. Little Brobit. Little Brobit. Little Brobit. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he is. Uh, th- I do have some things here because he is supposed to be this super genius kid programming a robot to shoot a basketball on the list of t- like. I think if you gave me sufficient parts, I could teach a robot to throw a basketball in the correct way. Could I make it like a perfect free throw machine? Absolutely not. Let's not be ridiculous. I'm just saying I'm an idiot and I could program like bend elbow, you know, bend elbow joint to 90 degrees, you know, bend wrist joint, push release. Like it would be bad. It wouldn't make the shot, but I, it's like the a very basic, like of down and forward. Simple. BB just hucks it in the opposite direction as it's like to the moon. It goes all the way to it Mama really, Fratelli's what porch. What it should have been is they pass BB the ball. He turns around, launches it at the at the thing. It hits the backboard so hard it bounces the other. It bounces into the neighbor's yard. Like sure, at least I'm then I that. understand. <laughs> like if I'm like, BB, I, what happened? It just needs to be in the other direction. Like have him just shoot it over. Like have him shoot the ball correctly, but just way too far. You yeah. know, like any of these are better than just like oh, it launched it backward for no reason. So they go to get their ball back, and Mama Fratelli comes out and rolls it inside her house because she is a, a cardboard cutout of a villain. Yes, my house, my property. Yeah, and BB is very upset about this. Again, he's like trying to. <laughs> these yeah. are the breadcrumbs. I'm, I'm. I was trying. I was like, right. I gotta get back home. Um, uh, we also see uh Paul in the lab with a dead body for some reason. Yeah, he's he's doing something about like neural pathways or whatever, but he basically uh is doing some real Doctor Frankenstein business, very and he's like poking this brain. Yeah, he's poking the brain and making the leg move, and the doctor is horrified. Well, it what annoyed me was that the doctor was like, how is that possible? And I'm like, okay, even I understand. Like, I'm an idiot and didn't take science class my senior year of college or senior year of high school because I didn't have to to graduate. And like, I understand that electricity and certain points in a brain would cause involuntary movements. Right. You're a doctor. Right. right. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're a doctor, man. I, I am an idiot, and you are a doctor. I also feel like they did this, like, did, is this part of, like, I don't think, okay, I'm going to be clear, because it sounds horrible if this, if I state this incorrectly. I don't think we actually did this experiment. Had a cadaver? <laughs> No, 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 not a cadaver. But when you dissected a frog, mm-hmm. I think they talked about, like, now if you put electricity here, the frog's legs would kick. Like, I don't think, I, we, I want to be clear, I did not electrocute a f- dead frog. But I did dissect one. <laughs> I dissected And a I am sure that we talked about that. I definitely dissected a frog. That smell is not one I will ever forget. Um, yeah. I think you're thinking of Young Frankenstein. No, no, they they, um, they absolutely do this scene in Young Frankenstein. But I'm saying there is there there that is a funny joke in that movie. But like, I definitely remember people talking about this in like a scientific way. I mean, again, I didn't. I, it's been a long time since high school, so I don't super remember, and I don't remember my science class because I didn't care about it. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if that was part of the discussion that like invol like electricity would cause cause involuntary movement. Um, right, right. So I was like, oh, we got Chekhov's, you know, brain electricity. And then right. we have a random scene that, like... So this is definitely a cutting room floor issue, for sure. The the nose scene? The, yeah, so yeah. So it's, um, they're carving jack-o'-lanterns, Mom and Paul. And then the doorbell rings, and <laughs> Christy Swanson walks in with her head back, holding her bleeding nose, like, do you have any ice? And I was like, yeah. wait, what? What do you mean? Do yeah. you have any? Uh, you don't have ice in your house, Christy Swanson? Well, she does later say she's like, I forgot to fill the tray. Yeah, really. Dad drank too many and, vodka sodas <laughs> yeah, tonight. Uh, no, I he's not a vodka soda man. Like, Dad drank too many whiskeys. I don't think Dad's war. <laughs> Dad. I think I don't think Dad's slowing down with putting a bo- something from the bottle into a glass. I think he's a from the bottle man or from the can. I I I could see him putting his whiskey over ice. Maybe. Um, so she's like, it's really no big deal. I get nosebleeds all the time. And I was like, when my dad hits me. <laughs> but like, I, I, again, I don't know if it's like, if dad is home, why would dad have let her leave? If dad just beat her to a bloody nose, why would he have let her leave the house? I don't think she, I think she snuck out. Immediately? I think she like he sent her to a room. She climbed out the window and she came across the street. See, I didn't get that at all. I got she's truly that she does get blood because I was like, oh, is this Chekhov's bloody nose? Oh, you thought like she has cancer? Or no, I didn't think cancer. I think I had realized at this point that she becomes the monster, the the robot. And I was like, oh, is she gonna get a nosebleed as a robot and be like, I am human? I thought it was gonna mm. be like her human moment. Right, right. I get that. No, instead we just get the mom being like. Okay, well, your dad is obviously a huge piece of shit, and I'd like to help, so uh, let's figure that out. And she's like, no, 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 it's my dad, and I forgot to make the ice, and I shouldn't have forgotten. He wouldn't have hit me if I hadn't forgotten. Yeah. Uh, And now it's Halloween. She doesn't actually cop to it there. Yeah. (laughs) That's how abruptly it goes from a very serious, real discussion about abuse. Yes. Uh, And we have some fun hijinks, including ruining the paint on a random stranger's car for no reason. They're spraying shaving cream on that guy's car. It straight up will just ruin the car paint if you don't get to it almost immediately. I didn't. I didn't know that. You can't put car paint. You can't put shaving cream onto the paint of cars. It will just like eat at it. Oh, I th- I knew baloney did that and toothpaste. Yeah, shaving cream. Same. I did. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. With shaving I didn't cream. know shaving cream was part of that family. 
Also, Sam uh, is the only one in a costume, and I don't know what it's supposed to be. I'm pretty sure it's an angel. It's a real half-ass poor kid angel. Well, I mean, look, she's got the bed sheet on, right? And then she has like a tinfoil halo crown thing. It's not a halo. It's If it had been off her head, I would have got... But it's yeah. literally like a laurel crown. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe she's just like a Greek goddess. She's a Grecian goddess. But they go to Mama Fratelli's and they're like, oh, we should have BB-8 like pick her combination lock and then go ring her doorbell. And it's like, this is stupid. Well, like one, okay. To be real, it would take forever to break the combo lock. But also, like, what is the goal of this prank? This woman has a gun. We've seen it. I think, well, he says, he's like, I, I imagine how shocked she'll be when someone rings her doorbell because no one can get to her door. Right, but the last time we saw this woman get startled, she pulled a gun on them. I just, it's yeah, but, like, I know but teenagers Tom's, are stupid. Tom says, it's, it's fine. She pulls that gun on me all the time, and I'm just the paper boy. <laughs> she just, regularly cocks is, her double barrel at the paperboy. I just feel this is not good um, self-preservation skill. No. Um, so they make Sam go ring the doorbell. And as she's running, the light, all these lights, it's like Laurie Strode flipped the switch in Halloween yes, 2018. Yes, exactly like the house. Yes, absolutely. And then the a really dumb thing happened. Which, like, Wes, you're better Her than this. Her ridiculous fall? <laughs> that. <laughs> because that is the other pratfall I alluded to earlier. Christy Swanson does the fakest fake, like, oh, I've tripped kind of fall and, like, lunges forward to go down. It is so bad yeah, looking. So, again, it's, it's, a, it's a gate to a front door, which is not a long walk. She trips. The two boys run over to pick her up so that before Mama Fratelli. And when they hear yeah. her at the door... Instead of running outside the gate, they run further onto her property to hide her on the side. Right. And I was like, what right. is happening? You you needed to go six feet to be t- to the fence and gone. Mm-hmm. Not even six feet. And so he, Sam, or not Sam, uh, Paul. Thank you. I was like, all three of the names are just jumbling around in my head. Because even her name is masculine. It could be masculine. Um BB had been turned off, and so he BB turns himself on and is like, "Happy birthday, Polly!" Again, Happy birthday, Polly! Picking like, up the breadcrumbs, right, right, and she annihilates the robot with a shotgun. It's Which like fair. Three or, I know it's fine. I'm not upset about it. I'm saying it's amazing looking. She does both barrels, breaks the gun open to drop the shells, puts two more in, and does two more shots. BB is just in chunks everywhere. Apparently. In the book, it was Sam's dad, not the neighbor. Oh, really? And he beat BB with a shotgun. He didn't shoot him. He oh, just smashes the shit out of BB with a shotgun. Well, we immediately cut from this to Thanksgiving because we're just like scrolling through the major holidays. And it's it's Sam with Paul and his mom. And Paul's mom is even like, when she's saying grace for Thanksgiving, she's like, let's hope Sam's piece of shit father... It stays asleep all night. <laughs> and I was like, and meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we're like having this full Thanksgiving spread and we cut across the street and dad is having a liquid dinner, baby. <laughs> Let me watch Schlitz. some more gun smoke. Yeah. A Schlitz dinner. And, and I like, what, where does he think his kid is? Maybe he's, I don't know. This is why I had the theory that she must sneak out of her room all the time because he probably was like, I'm cooking slits for dinner. 
And then she's he's laying on the a couch. Schlitz like, dinner gonna... for one. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, he's she's like, well, I'm gonna be in my room. Well, bye. So, no, what happens is, so she comes home. She sneaks in the the side. Also, they kiss. Paul and her kiss. That's a big moment. And then she comes inside and like sneakily picks up some books so she can pretend that she was doing homework on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, she has it like tucked under the the tablecloth on a chair. Which like it's Thanksgiving. It's the night of Thanksgiving and your story is that you were studying? Yeah, I think you need a better alibi. Yeah, and also you've used the I was studying excuse and it doesn't seem to matter to him. No. So I don't know what you keep going back to this well for. And there's a very very well done dramatic shot where she realizes the couch is empty which means dad's not asleep and i was like this is now the gritty reboot of don't wake daddy yeah it is the gritty reboot of don't wake daddy it's very creepy also there's a plate on the table and it looks like he had just a plate of cranberry sauce (laughs) i mean he's drunk like there's that comes in there's not a there's not a shred of like pie crust bits or anything like that. It's just goopy gelatinous stuff. It's like he was at the store. He went to the liquor store and he was getting his beer. And then he was walking on the way out and they were like Thanksgiving special. You know, they had they had four cans of cranberry sauce, four canned yams, four canned green beans. And he was like, I'll just get the cranberry. I think it's because the cranberry is the one you don't have to prepare. Like. With yeah, canned no, yams, exactly. you also have to like put them in a dish and put marshmallows on top or whatever. And for green beans, sure. you have to mix in the soup and like put the things on. Yeah, top. no, I. That is exactly what I was driving at. He was like, "Oh, this is easy enough for me to do." So she's in the Netflix gritty reboot of "Don't Wake Daddy," going through her house, and he pops out of nowhere and starts yelling at her. And does he call her a whore, or is that just is that just the undertone? He definitely says, you're just like your mother. I can't remember if it's like, you're a whore just like your mother, but it's something like that. I think I think in the book, Christy's mom left because her dad was abusive. Yeah, and if it, I'm glad that they changed that, because if that's the case, she sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm getting out, but I'm leaving you behind is not a good yeah, look. Take the girl and run. Right, right. Uh, or at least like take the girl and then go get help to go get or don't take the girl but go back and get her with help like don't just leave her in this abusive situation indefinitely yeah because they don't explicitly because the mom do they say mom she's died? long gone in the movie no she's long gone yeah. in the movie like she's not just like she didn't just leave no her, no no, no. Chris, christy swanson has no mom at least from september through thanksgiving that we see uh, but yeah, they, they, they scuffle and she tries to like push back a little bit. And then he basically like it's portrayed as kind of like, oh, it went too far. But he definitely looks like he pushed her down the stairs. He like, no, he like slapped like backhands her and the force. Knocks yeah. her. I mean, it's, it's not good. There's no like, yeah, I'm not defending the man, but he, right. he like backhands her and that sends her tumbling down the stairs. And it's a pretty good looking fall. So, like, the first third of the fall looks great, and then they cut, and suddenly Christy Swanson, who I think weighs, like, 104 pounds, maybe, is suddenly, like, a 280-pound linebacker, and the wig is covering her (laughs) face. It is not Buffy level. It is pretty close to Buffy level, which is appropriate, given that it's OG Buffy. Yeah. Um, And then he's, like... She's like twitching, uh, but so she's she's 
Yeah, is a real. The, she really sells. It and with she's this sixteen. This is her first leading role, and she's sixteen, and she's nailing it. Yeah, I. I mean, I think she is good at this movie. And then I was reading later that uh, she got like special um, tips and tricks and lessons from a mom. Yeah, for the robot stuff. Which we'll get to. I guess that's a mild spoiler. But so an ambulance comes and. Well, he also tries to be like, yeah, get up. You're pooling around. Go to your room. Oh, that's right. And I was like, yeah, I'm oh, sick of your acting. Or what's happening? I think he just like thinks she's not like he couldn't have possibly killed her. So, yeah. But uh, Paul and his mom go outside and the dad is like, I swear I told her to keep in so much stuff on the stairs. No, that's like, the thing. So, so, he's, so, not, he's not drunk now. All of a sudden, he's magically oh, sober. Oh, you're right. He is He is stone sober here. And yeah. I was like, was I mean, like, I'm sure killing your daughter will do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> but like... I would think that's a pretty sobering event. <laughs> but like... <laughs> he's like, I always told her to clean up that stuff. She wouldn't have tripped. And like, I thought the mom was going to go on a crusade here. I thought the mom was going to be like, oh, oh, absolutely not. I wanted her to be like, well, let's see the stairs then. Yeah. You know, I wanted mom. Because like, there's no way this guy thought of like, okay, let me get a bunch of her clothes and a bunch of shit over here. Like, there's no way. There's no way that she did that. That he did that, rather. There's no way that he covered his tracks. So I wanted her to be like, well, let's take a look at the stairs then. Where's the detective in charge? (laughs) Exactly. If she if this if this movie was made today, she would have been played by Elizabeth Moss, and that would have that would have been her arc. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be true. Um, so we get some gnarly looking brain surgery. Yeah, it's really gross. Her brain looks like we saw a dead guy's brain earlier in the movie, and her brain looks worse than the dead guy's brain. Yeah, it really does. So she's got some sort of brain hemorrhage. It's not looking good for her. They're like, we're going to keep her on life support for a day, but she's basically dead. And so this is where Paul gets his idea that he could stick BB's brain chip into Sam and make her alive again. Yeah, which is like pretty creepy idea for him to have, if I'm being honest. I mean, I get it. It's kid world, kind of. So like, I'll bring her back to life and she'll be alive. But it's still, like, a deeply stupid thing for this ostensibly boy genius to be thinking of. Yeah, but he's Frankenstein. That's true. I almost wish his name was Vic. Yeah, I I do think it would be a little better if it was a little more on the nose about this. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to read the book. Is it, like, available? I imagine. I I feel like it's... The way it was described was it seemed to me like a Lois Duncan, Lois Lowry situation where it's, like, a couple hundred pages. It's a... A, a young adult read. Yeah, I'm just saying sometimes stuff weirdly falls out of print, like Cameron Crowe's original book for uh, Fast Times Richmond High is just literally, you just can't find oh, it. Oh, weird. It, it's it's hundreds of dollars to buy a copy. Um, anyway, I don't think we talked about this earlier. We definitely didn't talk about this earlier, and I, but I did have a note, but almost every time it's just Paul and Tom talking, the audio is like weirdly dubbed, like Russian movie dubbed. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's especially obvious in this one scene here where it, like they're they're talking and trying to like figure out what to do with the microchip and stuff and they're like kind of hatching a plan. And then we cut to dinner on the day where her plug is going to be pulled and boy, we're just having a couple of pints of milk with our peas and chicken, huh? I th- but they're I, they're going for dessert Ugh. now. 
They're drinking milk and eating peas in the same breath. So he's stirring some kind of powder into his mom's coffee that's gonna knock her out. Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable that this teenage boy has roofies. Yeah. Yeah. Also, why is she brewing a full-ass pot of coffee at 8 p.m.? Like... It's fine to have coffee with your pie, but you are the only person in this house who's drinking this coffee. No, he says, he says, I'll take coffee. He does, but they don't pour it for him. That's true. I think she's, she's kind of implying that she wants to stay up tonight because they're going to pull Sam's plug. And she's like, I feel bad. We're not there kind of thing. Yeah, I see that. Um, and then also Tom, Tom is like so bad at being cool about this. He's like, so they, they, there's this like tension moment where like the drugs won't mix into her coffee and he's trying to stir it with his finger and stuff. And then Tom is watching his friend's mom drink the coffee, like so intently staring at her drinking, which like, of course you'd know. Something he's also like, up. he also does like a pantomime finger swirl. Yes. Yes. I yes. like Tom. I like Tom he, a lot. And he's holding his pint of milk, and the mom takes a swig, and she's like, damn, I make good coffee. And he's like, he does and it takes. he snarfs milk all over himself. I'm like, come, come on, man. You gotta be cool. I love it. Um, also, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I put milk in my coffee, which I put somewhat changes the flavor. Nothing in my coffee. If she doesn't put milk or cream in there, you ain't hiding the chemical taste of this at all. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. You're right. That is going to be she puts, real maybe obvious. Maybe she puts skinny and sweet in her coffee. Oh, maybe. Um, so the plan had been, they're going to take her off life support at 10. We're going to get to the hospital. And as soon as they pull the plug, we're going to take her. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then mom, it's, mom goes, it's 830. And it's only a half hour left till she's gone. And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, they changed the time of her death to 9 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. And I was like, that's weird. I also think it's super weird that she's like, you know, we could be at the hospital with your friend. He's like, what would we be doing? Just waiting around? I was like, no, like being with the person is what you would be doing, Paul. Like that's the thing the people room. do. I have done something akin to this in my life. Like it's pretty normal. Uh, so they're just like both staring at her, waiting for her to pass out. And the way that she finally does pass out is she's like, I'm going to get more coffee. And she stands up and then she just does like light as a feather, stiff as a board, but <laughs> standing and just clumps or slumps into the seat. So they well, it's <clears throat> I don't get it because earlier Paul was like, Tom, I need you to borrow your dad's car. And he's like, he would kill me. And then they never use his dad's car. Yeah, they take the van. Which, like, the van should have been the plan from the beginning, because it's a big-ass right. van. With a ramp. Yeah. So they're racing to the hospital in the car, and they're, like, discussing the plan. Paul's part of the plan is all of it. Tom's part of the plan is literally turning off power to the entire hospital. Yep. He's like, it's okay, there's generators, so no one should get hurt. And I was like, that's a it's big most- should. Yeah, like I, I, hey, hey, bud, I'm on a, I'm on a, a heart machine here, and if it's not working, I might not be on a heart machine anymore. Uh, so Sam's dad is in there, and he's like, "Just pull the plug already." And they're like, "It's not nine o'clock yet." And he's like, "Ah, whatever." Cracks open a Schlitz, <laughs> gripping ribbit, baby. Let's see if we he can like, pull start this bad boy. Like smashes it over her head like a boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I grip it and rip it, baby. Let's get this party started. I'm a free man. He grabs the doctor's scalpel so he can shotgun a schlitz. <laughs> He's like rifling through a drawer. He's like, you got any of that rubbing alcohol in here? So this room makes some people go blind, but I'm immune to that. So this room has like the breathing thing with the accordion. It's got her EKG? EEG. I believe it's a, uh, I believe it's just a heart monitor. Yeah, it's got the heart monitor. It's got all this equipment in it, plus her. And then as they go to pull the plug, they shut down power to the hospital. And so Paul sneaks his way into the room, and all of a sudden the room is empty except for her body. Well, that you missed the line then, because there's a line that's the craziest part of this screenplay, which is they pull the plug... The doctor, like, turns to the dad like he's going to give him the room, and then he looks at the dad and realizes, like, oh, I don't got to give this guy a moment to compose himself. And he turns to the nurses, and he's like, well, let's get this equipment out of here. But what's the fucking rush? I don't, I, mu- I totally this? missed that line, because I was like, this room got emptied in mm, 95 seconds. They literally have a team of nurses standing by in the hallway to just rip every piece of equipment off this dying girl in front of her dad, who, like, under normal circumstances, would not be managing this well. And then just to, like, get it cleaned up and on to the next person, I guess. I don't know, man. It's the craziest line I can remember. Like, the craziest on-purpose line on the screenplay that I can imagine. The only thing I can think of that makes sense, because it does kind of sound like an ADR line, is they were like, we only have this equipment rental for this long. We're going to have to shoot that other scene tomorrow. We have to figure out how to cover it. So let's just have the doctor tell him to get all the gear out okay, of Okay, I... I- <laughs> when I had a web series, we definitely did that because we realized... <laughs> we were like, oh, Andrew... You were wearing your Fitbit in this one part of the scene, but in the next part of the scene, you aren't. So we have to film a pickup of you taking off your Fitbit because we don't have time yep. to reshoot everything. Right, and I was right. like, oh, great. Cool. 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 So if you ever watch my stuff and there's weird shots of like, why is this? Why is there a weird um, uh, insert shot of taking off a Fitbit? That's why. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's fine. Like I get it, but it's just crazy that to think of like the logistics of this hospital being like, well, she's been dead for eight seconds. Better make sure we get that equipment out of the it's room. Very Emperor's New Groove, where she's like, well, he ain't getting any deader, and rips off her clothes yeah. to reveal a sparkly outfit. Yeah. Um. So they steal her body and drive her to the science lab, right? Yeah. Well, they they get out of the car and he's like, "Where's all the equipment?" And like, oh, she was already. They already pulled the plug. And Tom rightfully says to Paul, "Like, well, isn't she like dead? Dead then?" And he's like, "We gotta try, man. We gotta try." And, I, and Tom immediately is like, "Hey, this is getting into creep town, buddy." Yeah, it should have been. You know what? It should have been. Tom should have been Gary, like Igor, and Paul should have been Vic. Like, I need this to be Victor Frankenstein because yeah. it is. Well, they also, there's also, like, Tom's like, I'm going to throw up. And Paul's like, throw up later. We got work to do. Yeah. So they take her to the hospital and um, they, like, or to the science lab and they open up her brain. And, like, I re- I know we call brains gray matter, but is that is that because brains are gray? They're grayish pinkish, I think. Because hmm. the, uh, the brains we see in this movie are, like, like gray. Hers, they're particularly kind of yucky. Yeah, I agree. Uh also, both of these kids, while they are working inside their friend's brain, are just covered in sweat. I mean, like, they're nervous. Like, their nose sweaty. No, it's fine. But it's like, 
Dude, one of you has got to be the dabber. Like, one of you has got to have a towel. And that and person is dabber. Tom, because it, Paul yes. is not going to be dabbing. Right. Uh, they, there's some weird x-ray cameras that, like, we don't see the cameras, but we see the video feed. And I'm like, where is this right. coming from? Also, I want to be clear. We are, like, way into this podcast. We are at minute 44 of this movie. Like, there is literally, we're at the halfway mark when this part happens. Yes. Um, so, so Sam's leg is like twitching and, uh, then it twitches really hard and she kicks Tom in the face mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was, bring I was home. like holding my breath waiting for Paul to say she's alive. Yeah, I know. I was really disappointed that there wasn't, but they have her in a laundry basket and we come home and the mom looks dead on the couch. They care. Well, and they, there's for, like, you missed them carrying her in broad daylight. They oh, out of the van. Right. Like, it's like bra. It is morning. The bird, like yes. the paper boys throwing the paper, and they're like shuffling this dead looking body into the uh, port. The girl, no, they're in the, the house. Shed. Yeah. Well, like Tom sees his rival newspaper boy, and he's like, "Oh, you killed another one, huh?" And Tom's like, "Shh." <laughs> <laughs> and I, for a second, thought they killed the mom. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, does he now make another robot? Like, does he have a taste for it? And now he's making, like, a robot army? Because if this movie was, this kid just starts killing people by mistake and then turning no, them into robots? he only kills one by mistake. He has to keep making robots every time Sam or his mom kill people. That's what it should mm. be. So he's like, Sam, now I have to bring your yeah. dad back to life. Bzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would and He's be like, rad. do I program no, the abuse in so people don't pick up... <laughs> it's like i think you can save that part <laughs> she's like shut up tom everyone has to be exactly as they were flaws and all i'm not playing god here <laughs> i like that movie yeah no i think it's the, like these two bumbling idiots become like those those grave robbers from uh burke and hare and like but but they're making robots yeah uh, but I like th- this scene with the mom goes on for so long that I thought she actually died. Mm-hmm. And then when she didn't die, I was like, well, why did you make me think that for th- three whole minutes? What was the point it's of that? Bizarre. Um, Sam opens her eyes after he zaps her with the remote. Yeah. And then the police and the press show up at Sam's dad's house to be like, so her body went missing. And you were there. What's what's the story there, Pops? And he comes out with this bottle of Jim Beam's like, I don't know what she's talking about. I haven't seen her body in days. I don't have a daughter. I'm a free man. She, I pushed it. I mean, she fell downstairs. And this is where I was like, wait a minute. They made such a point to show us the attic earlier. And he's going to shove her in the porch? In the shed? Like, she should be in the it's attic. Very, but she does later. Right. But I was, like, confused. Also, I love how, like, to show that she's dead, they just gave her, like, a big smoky eye, but with blue. Yeah, it's it's not even smoky eye. It's just, like, blue in the hall. She looks like a Tim Burton character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's, like, learning to walk again all robotly. But the detail I really like, and I didn't notice it until, like, the third time we saw her, is that she has her hands in the, like, I Dr. hate, Spock that's the only reading. thing I hate. Not Dr. Spock, the Spock ring. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's like the robot that her brain is programmed from had a three-fingered claw, yeah. so that her, that's what she's doing. And I was like, oh, come on, movie. I was like, I like, understand, Wes, but that is not the decision. That is not the effective You have choice. to tell her not to do that, yeah. Um, also, mom starts yelling at the son because she bought him a $200 down sleeping bag. 
Right. This kid has never camped in also, his life. Sleeping bags are almost exclusively used for camping, right. where you use them on the ground. Yeah, I mean, you still can take care of it. Like, you typically are in a tent, not on the I ground. Know, but, like, $200 on a sleeping bag is in, in 80s money. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, they do sell sleeping bags like that. They're for, like, extreme weather. Exactly. That's, <laughs> but, like, that's like what I mean. Campers. He's not an extreme weather No, camper. I know. I absolutely know, yeah. I wanted an explanation where he, like, had a telescope and he went to, wanted to camp oh. out in some field to look at stars or something, which we don't get at all. Um... Sam goes to kill her father, and she's a superhero now. Yeah. I was mad. She, so I thought dumb. the basement was... But I love that, like, she did something to the boiler, so it was making big flames, but it wasn't like the house was on fire. But then, like a friggin' Roadrunner trap, she leaves a single, bo- an unopened bottle of his favorite brand of hooch on the stairs, and he's like, well, how'd that get there? Gee willikers! And just, like, reaches for this thing, and I'm like, what? You... Okay, sir, you, as drunk as you could be, know where every drop of alcohol is in this house. Mm-hmm. You know you didn't just forget a pint of whiskey in the basement. And then he reaches for it and she yanks him down the stairs, which is admittedly pretty dope. What? But I just I, couldn't um, believe. I kind of wish, and I don't know if it's stupid or not, but I kind of wish that she had like set the fire and then put a bunch of her stuff on the top of the stairs so he tripped yes. and she was like yeah i'm sorry you told me to clean up my stuff on the stairs yeah she bb could talk but she doesn't which i think is kind of a weird thing yeah but so but um, i don't like that she's a superhero she's like super strong and i was like right her body didn't change like she doesn't get right. an endoskeleton yes. <laughs> right 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 or did she um well but the, uh, I love the part where so like the dad's falling down the stairs, but he's okay and he stands up and he sees her and she starts doing this like ar- zombie shuffle with like, like her arms outstretched. Plan nine, she, plan nine. Yes, she is on the verge of laughter the entire time, and they clearly had to cut around it. She looks like she's about to burst out laughing. <laughs> I didn't notice with, that with, either. Which is which is fine. She looks stupid, but I was just like, holy crap! She is so close to breaking in this scene. Uh, there's a cool move where he like tries to throw a shovel at her and she catches it and she throws it back like a spear and it sticks in the wall blade. Again, first. she's a superhero. Oh yeah. Um, it's a great death for then, him. Oh, it is. I, I, I super like it. Uh, she like pushes him into the furnace. So he burns and like, did you catch this part? So she's like, she picks him up by the throat and she's pushing him up against the boiler. So he's like definitely getting burned while she's choking him. And then eventually like you hear the sound of his neck breaking. Do you, did you catch? I had to rewind it, but I'm sure this happens. The actor makes the like <coughs> sound with his mouth. <laughs> I heard the sound, but I don't know if it was his mouth. I swear to God, because it's the sound happens twice. There's the sound that he makes with his mouth, and then the sound of someone like snapping a chicken bone for Foley. I I'm so huh. certain of this. It's he's he's like, <coughs> and I was like, now wait a minute. Did Wes Craven tell you to make the sound? Because that's insane. He might have. I doubt it. Although I will say, so the I want I directed a musical last last year, last March. It was like a send up of Disney princesses, and there's a, a moment where Snow White is holding a bird in her hand, and she breaks its neck and throws it off stage. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's this this moment is missing something. And I, I worked at a spa at the time, so I was like, oh. 
we have jumbo popsicle sticks that we use for like applying wax. So I mm-hmm. stole handfuls of them and I told my boyfriend who worked backstage on the show, I was like, put three in your hand, stand next to the curtain, and when she snaps the bird's neck, you snap all the popsicle sticks. <laughs> and the audience reaction is worth its weight in gold when they see I her bet, like yeah. singing to the bird in her hand and then puts it in her palm and hearing the bird neck snap. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, the dad like ends up with his head in the boiler and they yeah, she pull put it out. him half in the boiler. <laughs> it's basically a Freddy Krueger origin story that happens here. Yeah. But then Paul comes and his idea is not like, oh, we'll just burn the house down and like it'll be no one will ever notice. Which like he I would drunk. think is the crazier plan than what he did. Let's burn the whole you, house down. I mean, he was a drunk. You could like definitely make this look like he did this to himself or just like he. Yeah, I, I could totally think you'd get away with that. He buries him in the coal pile like kind of. It seems very. <laughs> and also like I'm like, is this the Titanic or like. Yeah, <laughs> this house has a legit coal chute and three, a coal pile. That, three yeah. tiers of coal storage. I was like, are we yeah. on a steam engine? What's happening? Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of coal to be storing in your home at any one time. Maybe not. Maybe this is actually takes place in like Minnesota or something. I don't know. But uh, then the, the, the second big crazy sequence, and these are, I think that was a reshoot with the, like, the yes. dad being all gory. And then this other sequence is Mama Fratelli sees Sam in the window, like looking over at her. And so Sam's like, well, I got to kill her now, <laughs> which like I, BB was kind of bad. Sam is a homicidal maniac. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> it's so insane. Sam like, was wh- nice. And right, BB was right. like and a little deviant. So like, I don't understand. BB was like a little scamp, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like in terms of badness, he was like, oh, BB, you little scamp. What are you getting like, up to? I, you can't eat hot dogs. I don't understand how like uh, George Bailey mixed with like Dennis the Menace somehow yeah. equals Jason Voorhees. Like, right, I don't like, get I, it. I get her killing her dad. That yes. one jives. Like that that totally lines up with me. But the Mama Fratelli like took their basketball. <laughs> it's not exactly high crimes here. And Mama Fratelli is also she's watching the bad seed. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, because I was like, man, this is like a really weird dark movie that she's it, watching. It's, it's called The Bad Seed. And okay. uh it's about a murderous little girl named Rhoda who like murders a boy with tap shoes because he beat her in a penmanship contest. It's a uh, it's fun. Oh. Um, and How old is it? It's like a 50s movie. It's old. It's oh, like okay. what happened to Baby Jane era, I want to say. Oh, okay. Also, the one cop in this looks like a baby David Harbour. Yeah, he really does. I looked at him up. He's really only been in a couple of things. So there's this really cool scene where after she's broken into uh, Anne Ramsey's house, she drops a basketball down the stairs and it's this like cool slow-mo of the basketball, like bounce, 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 bounce. And Anne Ramsey is obviously on edge. (laughs) And then uh, Sam the robot picks up the basketball, throws it at Mama Fratelli's head, which explodes like just like super chunks everywhere. And then the body, like an evil dead, headless runs around could, a bunch I, apparently she ran around way longer originally yeah and i i think it goes on long enough in this cut to be i don't mind it i think it's fun also mama fratelli is the lady version of old man krieg from trick-or-treat 
Yeah, yeah, I totally buy that. Although we don't know that she's like a murderer. No. Um, so then we cut back home and Paul is just getting himself a midnight glass of milk because, boy, this boy can't get enough of good old cow juice, Well, does he do that or does he... Well, no, first he has the dead dad nightmare where the dad... Oh, right, right. This is a cool moment. So he hears... He, like, wakes up and then we see the basketball roll in. And I was like, oh, is Sam just going to up and admit that she murdered someone? And then right, right. a bump appears in the foot of his bed and starts, like, wor- snaking its way up. And when he kicks the covers back, it's the dad's burnt head. And then he just rises out of the mattress. Yeah, it's extremely Freddy energy. Yeah. BFE. Um, but yeah, then he's, then he's like, recovering from this nightmare with a glass of milk. Sam startles him and he breaks it. Uh, and then mom's awake and she's like... Uh, what's uh, what's what's going on down there? And, also, and he he's wearing shoves... shoes at like one a.m., which is very yeah. suspicious. But he shoves Sam outside, and then the mom comes down, and he ends up hugging her as like a cover up. But the mom is so like thrilled to be getting physical contact with her son that this moment just felt so sad to me. Like he he was one of those kids who's like, oh, I don't hug my parents anymore when he turned twelve or something like yeah. that, and she was just like. She's she's so clearly has wanted this hug for such a long time. Oh, that was worth waking up for. And I was like, oh, man, this lady seems so nice. So um, Paul tries to make Sam sit down and she just like kind of won't do it until he eventually just like crumbles her up like a (laughs) like a like a mannequin, I guess. Um, And then the cops are outside. And so. Uh, Paul and his mom go out to see what the commotion is, and this old man is like, "Yeah, somebody, somebody killed Mama Fratelli. Her brains were all over the wall in there. Can you believe this?" So originally, Sam beat her up and like killed her in a way where her body was like broken through her front door, so she was like half out her front door, and so that's why that line is eighty yard in. But then it cuts to Tom, who is rolled up on his bicycle and also is carrying newspapers. He does a freaking, like, original Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis nutty professor. Like, he goes cross-eyed and faints. And I'm just like, what movie do you think you're in, Tom? But Tom's a good actor. I know, but, like, what is this? What is this? Why are we doing this insanely broad comedy? And this is also, then, immediately after that, we learn that Mom works at the university, has worked at the university this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Details that would have been useful earlier. The Dr. Johansson that works with her son is like, hey, I just wanted to see how Paul was doing. I haven't seen him in days. And Mom's like, days? Like, pulls a Ferris Bueller. And then I looked... And I wrote, this movie has 13 minutes left. And the Wikipedia page (laughs) has two paragraphs left. (laughs) Right, right. A lot happens very quickly. Sam escapes and she's. Well, no, first we get a boy fight. The boys fight in the living room. They're like grappling and wrestling. He punches him. That happens after Sam sees her picture. Oh, yeah. So Sam sees her photo and she's crying when Tom or paul comes to see her which is like a very human thing and they don't they don't really they do the like she's human and robot together at the end but not here but this is like i expose where it starts then he calls tom then they have the boy fight which leads to tom getting punched in the nose uh good punch by yeah. the way for this nerdlinger who, who i don't think has thrown many 
Um, he probably been punched the, enough that he like yeah that he just he he like went home with he like, reverse hey, engineers. So, he, he, so they they shift their weight from their back foot to their front foot, and they throw their hips around when they bring their fists. Um, also, the my God, that's Sam's music. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is the best part, I, and I will not take it from you. But the mom comes home, sees Tom with the bloody nose, is like, "What is happening here?" And Tom's like, "I'm calling the cops," and he runs out the front door. And then this is. Just a stupendous bit. Yeah. Bacow, that's Sam's music. She leaps out the second story window. Goes, ah! Like, literally screams. Like mankind getting thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell by The Undertaker. It is a tremendously high fall that she takes. Tackles Tom. Apparently kills him in the book. Doesn't kill him in here. No, but she beats up both Tom and the mother and then runs. Well, and no, then, Paul, Paul runs up to her and is like, Sam, what's wrong with you? And slaps her and she goes yeah. into dad mode and just starts choking <laughs> him out. Yeah, yeah. But did you notice like she does the, all the movements are like so robotic and she does the claw hands. And then when she needs to run, it's just Christy Swanson just running arms and legs of flailing. She runs There's like no Jim the holograms. Net. Yeah, yeah. So we go to this like random alleyway full of uh, dumpsters and stuff and we see it's a classic movie alley uh, yeah yeah and then fake Kiefer sutherland shows up it's like oh it's it was Chekhov's motorcycle mullet guy the whole time and he straight up cackles like the thriller music video yeah yeah Vince, it's about uh, our stuff. it's our minute one hour minute 19 ish if you if anyone <laughs> wants to check this out yeah um and then she does a military press, like straight up over her head, holding this guy. And the cops roll up, and she hucks him into the she cops' screams, windshield. Yes. yes, and yes. launches him, and somehow <laughs> kills him. Yeah, well, he hits his head on the window frame, and the um, the distance she got thrown, I could see this breaking guy's neck. But yeah, it's weird. I think mostly they were like, we just got to not have to deal with this character in the movie anymore, so he's dead. That's fine. So she she uh, she starts running again, and she runs the town square, which looks a lot like, but I think is distinct from the town square from Back to the Future. It looks I couldn't similar. quite tell. Yeah, it might be the same set. And then there's this like dumb little cat and mouse where she's like kind of gets cornered, and she turns around, jumps over a cop car to get out of it, and uh, Tom or uh, rather Paul finds her hiding in the shed at the house. And so we didn't mention this at all. But BB has like pixel vision and it looks kind of cool, especially yes. for like mid late eighties. It looks interesting. Yeah, well yeah, done. it's a cool shot. And so now Sam has that vision, but now the vision is switching between real life and this pixel. She's like going back and forth, right. and I was like, "Oh, she's she's still a human." I was like, "She's gonna have a nosebleed." Yes. Oh, that would have been interesting, actually. That like she's having this moment, and then she has a nosebleed, and she's like, "Oh, okay." They have a big hug and then the cops show up and Paul is like, no, she's 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 not. This is like a robot thing. And he's like trying to explain what it is. Meanwhile, the cops are like, uh, yeah, that was a dead girl. We know what that is. That's a and zombie, she starts son. sprinting towards Paul for no reason. Yeah. And the cops just like lay. He it's the scene like of RoboCop. Too many times. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. the beginning of RoboCop. Yeah. So the cops like like leave and we cut to she's on a table at the morgue. And the, the two doctors are like, oh, well, we'll we'll do the autopsy tomorrow, I guess. Goodbye. Sticker in the fridge. And 
Yeah. And so Paul gets there. Remember how long this Christy through... Swanson's been in here? <laughs> is this still good? Is this from is last it, week? It's been like a week. Is it two weeks or one? I can't remember. But he pulls her out and she starts choking him. And then this robot, like. It looks like a Power Ranger mask. Well, it also looks like the Terminator's shot where they like cut his arm open to reveal the robot bits underneath the human bits and she's her like arm shat, her arm skin rip on both her arms rips off and reveal little robot grabbers and then yeah. she pushes out of her face to reveal a yellow bb like combo human skull bb head slash t-rex it would it would it would be the it would be the cost the cheap costume mask for kids of bb the robot yes um like those ones you see of bumblebee and optimus prime yes it would be like that and she says, come with me, Paul, and then breaks his neck. Yeah. And the only reason that's in this movie is because the studio president said, this is what this is how the movie should end, right? And they were like, yeah, we it's... can't tell him that idea is stupid. Yeah, that's the problem with having too much power, is that no one will tell you your ideas are bad, and this idea is so bad. Yeah, it's about... Because the book apparently ends with them on... Um, it's it's Paul and Sam on like a cliff and she starts to hug him and he thinks she's attacking her. He, she's attacking him. So he like kicks her and it knocks her over the cliff. Oh, wow. And he realizes that she was just hugging him because she was going to pull him over the edge with her so that they yeah. could be together. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, that's what love will do. And that's how the book ends. I mean, I don't know that that's better, but it's interesting at least. It's I, It's better than robot face. Yeah, I mean, it, they're both dumb is what I was getting at. And then yeah. it ends with, I I don't know if you can, because I don't know if it exists anywhere on the internet, but you should drop in a clip of the amazing BB remix, the BB mix. Oh, I, I turned it off quickly. I didn't catch oh, this at it all. Is, it is literally just like a, a kind of a hip-hoppy beat and people going, BB. Oh, yeah? BB. Oh, I did B-B. hear that. B-B. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The BB mix. Yeah. Uh, the B mix. Uh, final thoughts? It's a good. It's fun. It's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's ninety minutes. Yeah. It's a breeze. Yeah. I like this the same way I like Chopping Mall, and that it's like I think everyone should watch it, and mm-hmm. it, but it is only going to be some people's flavor of ice cream. I I really liked this. I feel sad that I didn't know about this earlier. Uh, uh, people have petitioned for there to be the Wes Craven cut of this. Yeah. And th- I would truly love to see that because it makes me sad how like the studio ruined this like obviously it was never going to be a great movie but like it never had a chance and that's not cool yeah i i think the west cut is probably less entertaining than this maybe yeah i mean i don't know that but based on what i read yesterday i'm also surprised this hasn't gotten remade yeah, they only remake good movies. That's the thing. Which they, like they rarely remake doesn't a bad make movie. sense. I, no, we've talked about this many times, but it's like the point of the remake is the brand recognition, and if the movie is bad, it has no brand recognition, and so that's what the, that's why. But I'm just like, if a movie did well the you. first time, it's fine. If a movie tanked, right. try and rework, like scrape up yeah, some garbage you. nonsense. Totally with you. Like, give me Chopping Mall now, but with drones. Yeah, I mean, I love Chopping Mall, and I don't want them to mess with it. But yes, you could make a fun Chopping Mall now. But like, well. that's what I mean. Like, take the movies that like didn't do great, update them a little, zhuzh them up. Yeah, throw some rhinestones on there, and you're you're fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this is totally worth your time. It was a two dollar rental on Amazon, which I felt like I got my money. It worth is in definitely spades. worth two dollars. 
Yeah, if you've got any of those, uh, you know, I, part of the reason I rented it from there is because I had some of those expiring where you can like delay your prime shipping. And I was like, well, I'm going to use them here. Oh, where they're like, you don't, you're not in a rush. Yeah, which, so this is my, this is a life hack for everybody. Every year at Christmas time, when I'm ordering a bunch of stuff from Amazon, I start ordering that around October, November usually. And I don't need any of that stuff with any haste. So I order every single item individually. And then I choose no rush shipping. And then Amazon groups them all into one pile anyway and sends them to me in one box. So I don't feel bad about the like extra packages coming to my house. Cause like I'd haven't burdened the environment and I get like 10 to 20 to $30 in no rush shipping credits, which I then use to rent movies for the next six months. That's pretty cool. I never thought of it that way. I see. I don't, to, I don't go I, shopping like, and I don't do it in time though. I'm a December yeah. shopper. Yeah, but like I start earlier and then so it's like, you know, for you, I might buy you five things on Amazon and I order every single one of them individually. Huh. Yeah. So that's my little life hack. But yeah, I totally recommend this. I, I seek this out if you can. Uh, it, like I said, it's $2 to rent there. I'm sure you can find it elsewhere as well, but uh, totally worth your time. Very entertaining. A great crack a beer open and have have yourself a good Friday night t- kind of movie. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We... Uh, Really love doing Listener Request Month and and really had a blast this year. Uh, Thank you all, the people who sent movies in. Thank you especially to those who got picked for not torturing us. Yeah. Which was really really rad. Uh, It was super fun that we didn't have to sit through horrible movies all. all. And uh, if you really like Listener Request Month and you're not a Patreon subscriber, you're missing a Listener Request Month. That's right. There is one more available over on Patreon, which is Adventures in Babysitting. That's right. Uh, so sign up up there and you can uh, you can check that out. We will be back on July 13th, celebrating an anniversary a little bit late. The uh, 35th anniversary of this movie is June, but our old pal, the Goots and Mr. Wilford Brimley together at last. We're doing Cocoon on July 13th. So keep an eye out for that and uh, can't wait to bring that one to you. Thank you again so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or on Twitter. It's Dissect the 80s on Twitter. We always love to hear from listeners. Uh, if you liked what we did or we did your movie and or what have you, uh, give us a little shout out. Send us an email at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. And then, as Andrew said, it's patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s where you can get bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter, which is some fun stuff we're watching that's not necessarily 80s related, and all sorts of other great stuff like that. So check that out, uh, patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s. And we will see you in two weeks for Cocoon, which I am very excited to talk about. Thank you so much again for listening. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.